0: Harry! Uh. Get your shit together. Do you need like tissues or anything? I'll just use my hat if I need to. Uh and then there's pillows over there.
1: I gotta I have to sit up straight and smile. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Always smile. We ready? It's coming through, looking good. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I'll let you intro your own show. Take it away, Harry. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, it's the This Will Get Better podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the podcast where we take some time and ask folks questions about who they are, their thing, what they're making. We ask them existential questions about their existence, which are things we normally don't ask each other or ourselves. So it's a good time. And I hope you walk away from each question with some sort of something that helps you think about who you are and who you want to become, and the next step you need to take. This episode, Scott Delaney interviews Old Harry Pants, and <laughs> ooh, it made me nervous—the experience of being interviewed on a podcast, even though it's my own. And when I listen back in the re-edit, I hear something in my voice that I miss. There's only that guy was only like five. 5 months ago and and already it seems like things took a different turn. And so in a future episode I will get into that. I hope you all have a wonderful week and once again thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh, and Tim and I are creating a Patreon page for this old podcast. Some of you have asked how you can support us and that blows me away. And so we're getting on that. I'm not sure what the benefits are going to be of becoming a patron yet, but we're working on it. So look for that in a future episode. Okay, everybody, enjoy this conversation between myself and Scott Delaney. You, I think on your episode, suggested when when That's do we get right. the mic we'll to pick turn up. around? We're going to pick up right there. Yeah. And, and-, and it was nice for me because it works out in the sense of, you're someone who, just based on our conversations, I, I have a sense of, like, I trust this guy. And and then you're the one who was asking, so
1: you got the job. This and is I'm all excited. gotcha journalism. I can't wait to <laughs> expose what a fraud you are. I'll do that. <laughs> um, I,
0: uh, Imposter syndrome is a thing that I love to always have. I <laughs> think that I love to always have. Perfect. Oh, man. So you're going to just ask the questions you want to ask? Yeah,
1: I'll take it. I'll take it away from here. Cool, man. Nice intro. And you do a very fine job uh, with your guests of making everyone feel at ease. You're very welcoming and hospitable. And I hope to show you the same kindness that you just organically show everyone else. I can hear it on the show. And when we recorded the episode with me, I got to see you do that with Joe and uh, Isaiah as well. Yeah. Well, thanks, cool. man.
0: Yeah. It's it's, uh, You're natural at this stuff. That's good to know. I feel like there's, uh, I, I don't think I have always been a natural at it, but just through a lot of conversation with people I and mean, recognizing like people have amazing stories. I just want to like know them more. Is that
1: like the primary motivation for you starting this podcast? Now, I think the
0: primary motivation was podcasts are cool, and that seems like something I can do. And I, I get into conversations with people like this. Anyways, my sister in law just sent me a maybe a week or two ago. I should probably respond. <laughs> but some some internet meme you that can said release like this months later. Yeah, I know, you know that's, true. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. There's some internet meme thing that said, unless we're talking about Seth, death, sex, Seth, unless we're talking about Seth. Who's he? (laughs) I don't know. sound interesting. He's a great guy. (laughs) Uh, Unless we're talking about sex, death, ultimate meaning, your life story. I don't really care about talking to you. (laughs) And like, like, unless it's those things, it's super easy for me to check out. So. You've given me a pretty narrow subject uh, (laughs) line there.
1: You really want me to get into like virginity? No. Uh, Well, nope. It's okay. (laughs) Don't even go. Don't do it,
0: man. I can. That's okay. Well, (laughs) right.
1: I'm more interested in other things.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I I just love. (laughs) (laughs) I love getting into good conversations with people, no matter what. And then one. And then the other piece is. I always have this desire ever since probably work became a necessary thing in my life. Like it would be so cool to work with my brothers, Um, just Mm. nepotism run rampant. Right. Like these, these guys are guys that I built a relationship with and uh, in an environment that led to, I think emotional intelligence and intimacy among brothers, which I think is a really weird combination yeah. uh, for our culture. And, um, and so I just have this, like, I want to do something with my brothers. And then Tim and I got super into having conversations around social media and podcasting. And um, it was like, we should start one. What will it be about? And then just slowly let it become eventually like the, this will get better. This is given a give us both a chance to sit with people. We normally don't get to ask really fun questions to and, and see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. Did uh
1: yeah, how many how many siblings do you have?
0: I got three younger brothers. So okay. yep. Um there is Steve, who you might know. Yeah, you know. Um Steve is the youngest, and then we got Tim, which I think you've met. Yep, And then my brother, Josh, who lives out in Montana, so you probably haven't met Josh. And uh, yeah, they're good dudes. We're each two years apart. Mm. Yeah. There is something really
1: special about, um, I feel like it's a kind of a chapter that turns when you have your own kids mm. and seeing the value and, and being kind of excited again to get to know your own family because you're building your own culture, right? Like right. Your own progeny.
0: <laughs> they, they, such a good word. Yeah,
1: they become. You get to start your own household, and that's different. Yeah, and you know you learn your chemistry with your, with your spouse, and, and it's exciting to shape something new and to draw from those old values and, and kind of have be nostalgic about having brothers. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So like, don't ask questions. <laughs> crap. <laughs> You're right. Yeah.
1: Man. No, I, I see the value in that. So that's neat. That's um, how much you you and Tim were having conversations about influence of social media and podcasting. What were some of the like big takeaways? What were some of the reasons that you were inspired to actually do this instead of just have a conversation about it?
0: Yeah. well, So I think it, it still ties into the I want to do something with my brothers, right? Um, Tim and I have been meeting once a week for about sixteen years with a couple of breaks where mm-hmm. he he went down to IHOP, not the pancake house, but the oh, International yeah. House of Prayer for six months for okay. an internship. Um, and then, you know, life gets busy, you have kids, but fairly consistently it's been once a week for yeah, decade and a half or so, which is just incredible. Um, so it's rooted it's rooted in that and the desire to just be in conversation and one of the things we just kept finding ourselves talking about was um, social media and specifically how to tell stories and how each of us are telling our own story. And looking at other people telling their story and being like, ah, that's crap, But now realizing, (laughs) like, this is the first time I'm talking about myself in a public, you know, kind of way. Um, But going, like, authenticity is really interesting in a social space because authenticity in a social media space is still fabricated to some degree. Sure. Like, the, the kind of rule in my head is going there's this idea that we want unscripted or raw interactions but the second that a camera is turned on or a microphone is turned on even if you have no script your brain turns into scripted mode and there's a mm. there's a battle even in me right now to go do I present the honest vulnerable authentic version of harry that um is probably good for the world right to see Or do I present the one that's just slightly better, right? Like a little less shadow, a little more shiny. Um, And so I think the most compelling stories are the ones that you get day-to-day pictures of or images of or updates on that cannot hide as easily the struggle and the conflict. And so, I mean, we have friends who... Who, um oh, I want to be careful about telling other people's stories we have friends who were going on a venture and the venture um was a beautiful vision and they're starting to talk at one point about how do we do the social media for this or the marketing right and the interesting idea of us living in an age where um let's say this this venture is kind of like a classic um they're they're trying to start a restaurant. Let's say there was a point in time where like you had to build a business plan. You had to go to school, become a cook or something, you know, mm. and and develop a craft and and that all is good and necessary work. But then there was a business world where it was like you had to go make a business plan, find investors, go into a lot of debt, um, build a structure. And then, oh, shit, we're going to do opening day in two months. We should really do some marketing and hope that 80 people show up to our restaurant the first day. Or there's the version of what if you were super authentic and open and honest and raw as a business two years before it ever started, which I think is really interesting. Mm. I've got an idea and I know nothing about how to make this idea possible, but I'd like to invite you to go on a journey with me and maybe someday we'll have an empty space where the idea can actually come to fruition. And so that on opening day, you already have 5,000 customers. They just have to fight each other to get there eventually, you know, because you've brought them into conflict and resolution and conflict Mm -hmm. and resolution. And just the I like to see a character develop there. Right this episode is brought to you
1: by fire festival
0: <laughs> Ooh, i don't know what that is oh okay. oh, oh yeah you got it yeah a, i'm there i'm there
1: yeah it's the opposite of what you're talking about
0: <laughs> yes fire festival <laughs> it's all marketing The last no person i interviewed um they talked about how fire festival no not interviewed sorry is one of our former guests we just got lunch together uh-huh. and he said fire festival the guy there and he's watched both documentaries about him and he's like, he gets painted as this really, you know, he, he messed up. Right. Yeah. But he looks at him and he goes like, I admire, I admire (laughs) something about that. Well, it's like, so your
1: response to what, you know, essentially what's the impetus for you? Like wanting to do this with, with your brothers is to go into it, explanation about authenticity and the value of being transparent and that's the opposite right like it's like this is gonna be the greatest <laughs> show of all time best. just come to the baham you know i it, that's really
0: there's admirable qualities i suppose on either side but um well and i think of that guy and i go like he now has the opportunity i don't think he's probably taking it based on like the deals in the documentary but he now as an individual has the option to become very authentic and open and honest and help a whole hell of a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's got a story. And like my brain immediately goes, what was the freaking motivation behind this? Uh, like, it's not just the money. Like, because I don't, I don't think I've met people who are s- motivated by just the money, maybe a decision or two in their life. But like, yeah. what, yeah that guy had some issues that he was trying to figure out an answer to, and it eventually he had a great idea. I mean it's a great idea,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a music festival to be in the place. Bahamas, beautiful with people, the best a very I- fun, yeah, sounds great, brilliant. How do we do it? No idea, so you're taking um one of the things that came to my mind when you were sharing about you know transparency and being vulnerable and to learn what this could become by just kind of doing the thing and then seeing something great come later, that's just farming, right? Like, oh, it's like dude, yeah. Cultivating the soil before... It's like fixing the soil before mm. the crop. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I really... Uh, I appreciate that approach. I've that, never
0: thought about it in an agricultural... Like, that's how I... My favorite things that I've started have all been built in that. Yeah, it's poop. Yeah. It's all worm poo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it dies and you're like, oh, it's dead. It's no good anymore. Yeah. But then... The, I can plant something that, new in this. The thing that dies is the best thing for the next part. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. I got to figure out how to kill things or like acknowledge that they've their season is done. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> 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 and just, like, because I don't want it to be harvest season forever because eventually your plants are bare oh, yeah. and you have nothing left. So, like, can we just let this thing have an end date once it becomes apparent that it's no longer useful? It's interesting. you not talking about the
1: podcast, though.
0: No, no. In I, our
1: audience, we're not <laughs> referring to uh, the, this will get better podcast right no, now.
0: No, no, but I think there's a couple of things that I've started that... Um, so like beer and Bible night, which has come up a couple of times Mm. from guests and Mm -hmm. how I've met some interesting people in my life. Um, it is either at the end of its season for a time, or it's kind of a drought. If you had to get rid of
1: one of those two ingredients, beer or Bible, (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) which one? one would you get rid of?
0: Um, it's so hard because, uh, I love the beer side, Um, and it's hard because beer and Bible sounds cool (laughs) (laughs) or sounds interesting. It actually has led to several people who I really, really wish would be a part of it. When they hear the phrase Bible, um, they're out which is unfortunate because we never use the Bible at Beer and Bible <laughs> Yes Yeah,
1: those are the reviews that I've heard. Right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so it's interesting in that sense. Um, when it first started, it was very necessary for my own health and understanding of my own history to have a space where uh, deconstruction with a community was an interesting idea. Um, I've heard a lot of deconstruction as an individual But going like I, I'm not done with community and people knowing me and me knowing them as we deconstruct. Like, because that's a very, like, scary, vulnerable thing to be. Hey, what if this isn't the way we thought it was? Um, and it was very effective in that space for a long time. But now it's like, all right, we've been doing. I don't, I don't know what the next season of that looks like. And so part of me just wants to say like this probably should be done. I probably should have stopped a year ago, Hmm. but,
1: um, I have a two, two part question for you. Yeah. What are some of the things that you hoped or wanted, or you saw the need to deconstruct and, Mm -hmm. um, what are you, or what would you like to reconstruct in its place?
0: Yeah. Reconstruction question is always hard for me. Um, except for going, um, the risk, like the risk of sounding just too, arriving at an answer too quickly I want relationships people to know each other well um maybe in a way that no one else knows them because of that space and their ability in the tone that we set the where it's okay to say absolutely your darkest shit in front of 10 people um which has happened several times, and it's a beautiful mm. moment. And you end up feeling so connected, in a way that like transcends. Oh, I haven't seen you in three years, but we're we're together. You know, in this. Did you watch the Super Bowl though? I'm. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely watched the good part the removal of the shirt (laughs) (laughs) back to the deconstruction sorry no it's cool and then deconstruction um, became necessary for my own personal journey Uh, by the time beer and Bible night started I had deconstruction deconstructed a whole lot of a lot of assumed um, belief systems or belief structures in my life from religion to politics to um my own identity um and but i just knew i wasn't done deconstructing but i couldn't do it alone anymore and it was almost like deconstruction uh became the path rather than a tool to use mm. um and there's part of me that's still very curious as to how long that can keep happening. Um, my my mentor, best friend, the, the moments in my life that I've had the most clear sense of the divine is a hard word for me to use. Presence of God is a hard word. But at the time, I would have used those phrases mm-hmm. um, where when we discovered that what we had thought Was happening wasn't what was happening, and we had to like let. And there was a tear down. It was almost like a sense of holy in that space. And it was like wonder how long that can keep happening. Kind of the art, the art metaphor of like there's two types of art. There's the art of addition, and there's the art of subtraction. And I like the idea that we're still in a beer and Bible night space or deconstruction. Being like no part of the tool is always. Like remove the things that aren't the essence of who I am. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily line up with that all the time, but I'm still curious enough to go. Like, I wonder if we can. How long can, how long can one keep deconstructing? (laughs) Yeah, because eventually it gets cannibalistic. Well, yeah, I think
1: there's a lot. Um, I know for the times in my life where I have been more in the process of kind of taking things apart or creating my creating instability. Um, yeah, there, there always seems to be a consequence of just making this shit up from my own head. Yeah, right. Like, like you can. There is no end to the process of deconstruction. Yeah except for feeling you know like everything else is gone and and there's no intrinsic value in nudity you know dude right <laughs> you just you're just naked yep i see intrinsic value in the nudity of others but not, <laughs> <laughs> not in
0: my own yes so true I got a bad dad vibe.
1: <laughs> but in all seriousness i think that you get you know no, there's it's a really, cost. It's really, really important to, to, um, to kind of distill the the, the things that we were given. As children, what we inherited. Um, there's maybe not always a value to just breaking the whole damn thing down, but distilling it is important. You got to put it through a test, um, and, and see see the thing that remains that you that really brought you life. Yeah. So what what are some of the things that have remained from your childhood? Because you were... Tell me a bit about how you were raised. Yeah. We'll get into the homeschool part later because I'm genuinely just personally curious about that. Tell me about, like, worldview growing up and some of those uh, beautiful truths that are still
0: around. Yeah, the beautiful stuff. That's really a good question. It's... um. Easy to name some of the things that I've deconstructed, right? But like what is held on is a is a little more subtle. Uh I like that. The Okay, so how is childhood till now sort yeah, of? Yeah,
1: like like the let's assume that you were able to keep the baby yeah. throughout the bathwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are those two? What are tell me some of the differences there.
0: Yeah. Um Keeping the baby uh would one be definitely laughing with family <laughs> that's like a mm. huge one um yeah. laughing together, being curious about other people I think that's always that's something my mom's actually embodied really well um mm. and and she's somebody who's embodied a whole lot of uh Let's just go it and go for it go for it. Figure it out and go do your thing, man. Um, and my dad has always been a green lighter in that. Aspect. Oh, that is the thing you're going to go figure out. We'll do it and go for it, man. Um, and so those two things are really beautiful. um, I don't think we do enough green lighting of yeah. people in our lives. Yeah, hey, let me put some gas in your tank. You're going to go yeah. do something crazy? All right, I'll fill you up. Yep, I believe yeah. in you to take the next step and let me know if it goes south and I'll help in whatever way I can. Um, and so that was cool. One of the things I remember my dad did um, that I definitely want to continue to carry forward just when it comes to, like, parenting I remember occasionally, I don't know if it's monthly or every other month. I don't think it was like a set rhythm, but it happened often enough and it was meaningful enough that it, that it impacted me as he would I mean there's four boys, so it is hard to get one-on-one time um with your dad, but somehow he would make that happen and the question he would always ask at the beginning is what is, what do you, you want to work on together which was interesting he was always somebody who would play well and play with us but when it was one-on-one time it's like do you do you want any help working on anything mm. and there was no i never felt the expectation that we had to do that um and definitely sometimes the answer was like i want to work on legos uh <laughs> and he would <laughs> hunker down and we'd play legos
1: no wait hey your phone just buzzed. was did that say dad that was the old dad Yeah. Um, What do those conversations go like usually?
0: uh, On what? Oh, like if dad calls. Uh, Like
1: uh, now, how is it translated to, does he still say
0: what do you want to work on? uh, No, not as often. um, But it's definitely something I've carried with me to go like, this is, I want to offer that to my kids. And Mm -hmm. that's how.
1: Is his invitation to you still there?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like there's, he's the dude to call when. I don't understand why my car keeps being dumb (laughs) or the, the mold, right? Like dad, I think I'm going to eventually have to cut a piece of wood out of my house. Right.
1: What do you want to work? And I'm putting that in my parental Rolodex. Yeah. That's in
0: there now. And it was a non judgment. What do you want to work on? There was no, I could have said nothing. Can we go fly a kite? Yeah. He would have been, well, well, Let's go make a kite first, and then we'll go fly a kite. That's so special. he grew up with a dad who had owned his own wood shop. and So that's something
1: that you want to, that was something that was a, a uh, constructive yeah. quality.
0: That yeah, that, that's hung on. Hope to retain and share. yeah, Yeah, mm. uh, something that's hung there. Um, yeah, I guess I assumed your question was just through the positive lens. Um, no, I want to hear about the bathwater too.
1: Okay. What did you get rid of? Yeah. Not as an indictment on your family or no, anything. No, definitely but, not. But just as a... Uh, what, I, what stopped having life, you know?
0: Yeah. I remember... I It's hard to say definitively for me or for sure. Like, was I raised as a fundamentalist Christian or not? Um, I, From a certain perspective, yes. Um, I also when you're in that world can point to other people and be like, yeah, but they were way more fundamentalists, Right. But, um, so I guess I need a good definition of that. And I, I don't necessarily have one. My experience was like at eight or nine years old, having extremely vivid dreams of each of my brothers in hell. Um, and I knew that that was a thing that was possible. And we had to figure that that out. Just tore up about that, and then you know, we lived in a space where it was like, once you pray the prayer, all of that as an option disappears forever. So you're good. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Phew, good thing. Good thing we somehow found out that our our certain set was the right one. Yeah. Um, phew. Uh, but just remembering that, like, I eventually, and that was at a young age, right? So.
1: And that is, I believe, in a nutshell, fundamentalism to believe that the worldview that you inherited is right and the other ones are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, a, and that's not de- like yeah. demeaning, but... I mean, and it's actually necessary. A fundamentalist for a while.
0: Yeah. It's necessary for a time in your life to be like, this sure. is how... These are the rules of the universe. Yeah. I
1: don't trust 14-year-old Scott Delaney to shape a <laughs> worldview that has any kind of coherence <laughs> or any sort of reasonable outcome. Yes. Yeah. So I'll take fundamentalism for the first while. Yep. And, you know, then the deconstruction process. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, And so there was this, eventually, as I got older and started learning things, um, I became aware that my picture of, or my rules, or the the way that the universe worked, had a very scary being at the center of it, who allowed, or thought hell was a helpful, good thing. Hmm. And, and so eventually I got to the place where like that had to die a bit, um, and shift. And, and so then that's where like, I'm grateful for people who, who were willing to say like in this space, find a, find a center. Don't find a complete perfect fortress of belief. Um, but find something to center around and orbit around that makes more sense. And so, um As I got older, it became like okay this this conversation that um existed around the the person of Christ became helpful to mm. demolish some of my super scary imagery of god um but even that was rooted. what age was that were you talking uh, ballpark I would say it really started shifting around maybe fifteen or sixteen, okay. Yeah. Um yeah. So that w- that was something that that eventually shifted and it's continuing to shift and tra- like maybe the maybe the center. Kate and I were just talking about this on our way to Florida and it's kind of messing with my head. Um uh at one point we were in these great conversations with a guy named Joe and Ron and the staff at Waterville Community Church and we talked about three perspectives of the divine. Um, uh, or of, of understanding God just through the first person, second person, third person, and how a lot of the conversation we had been privy to was through the lens of third person. God is out there and other, mm. um, and we're trying to yeah. move that direction. And then second person w- became more, it was still distant. Um, but then first person you eventually got to the place where there was this idea that, that, god was internal um which for my fundamentalist uprising brain or uh raised brain was still like a you know, like you invite him in, but like and he's in you but like it wasn't internal as this external thing <laughs> right but you still that, gotta follow the rules <laughs> yeah yeah uh but even that so once i kind of oh it's an option it's an option to think differently from the third person perspective, and maybe a first person. Um, and the whole idea in that context, right, was you have to get to the place where you understand that that God genuinely loves you. But I, Kate and I, on the way down to Florida a couple of weeks ago, just talking about the idea that there was a fourth step that even in those good spaces never got talked about, which was so if this thing. That was external and now is somehow internal uh, can love you. Have you figured out how to love yourself yet? I'm just feeling like that was the, the missing conversation. Pause. Yeah.
1: It's interesting to think about what you mentioned in social media, having a curated presentation for the world. Yeah. Because essentially what that is is looking at the self in the third person. Yeah. Right. So... When you have this curated view of yourself you present to the public, it is not self-love. No. It's not acceptance. It's not even yeah. transparency within your own internal dialogue. Right. So like imagine imagine if you will, far off distant land where the where <laughs> of like a few years ago. <laughs> it feels that way Maybe, sometimes. Of having a perception and a view of God or the divine that is in the third person Mm -hmm. of other and simultaneously having a view of self that is in the third person of other. Yeah. So like... Everything is external. Everything is outside of your control. Yeah. It's measuring up to standards that are put on by society and put in by... A narrow interpretation of old texts, poems, letters. Totally. It's a very frustrating and challenging place to live in. So, yes. Uh, the third person part, I love the deconstruction of the third person. Part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I do too. I think Sorry it's interrupting. No. I'm interviewing you and I'm <laughs> rambling. I well, one of my <laughs> hopes that, and things I gotta figure out for the podcast is how do I get it more conversational and rambling and rabbit traily because that's those are my favorite conversations. That's the only time I'll ever be able to instruct someone. Yeah. If you want
1: to learn how to rabbit trail harder, <laughs> I'm your freaking guy. <laughs> we can go there. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Cool.
1: No, I thought it was interesting how those two things tied together. Yeah. yeah. When you want to create something, which is in itself, I think, kind of a divine act,
0: mm. you want to do it as transparent and as, as authentic as possible. And coming from the internal space. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. So I think in some ways, um, leaving that behind was helpful, right? And going like, at least the third person and the second person and the first, but going like, there's a last question there of, yeah, but okay, fine. All of, even the first person perspective of God is still some sort of external, like it started externally. Mm. Um, It's like something for where foreign took up residence, right? Like it's in you, but it, it's still foreign. And so the last question, yeah. the last thing is like, Yeah, but can you take the you perspective of of you, right? Not not the divine perspective on you, but can you look at your whole life and go like, I love me. And I can't, uh, so Kate and I were talking about this because it's a meditation that she does where she wakes up and spends some time in a non-dual way telling herself, I love you. And I cannot, do that yet like i will sit there Mm. and go like i have to imagine as two versions of myself like an outside observer going i love you but well then if i look around and take a peek at the person saying that i don't love a lot of things about the voice that is saying that so I don't know if that that's just yeah. weird weird mental games that probably doesn't translate well to a podcast but I think it's healthy to want the best from yourself yeah. right you
1: want to you know you have positive life-giving qualities and then you have qualities that uh hurt or don't give life so it's possible maybe to love yourself love the good things about you and then not care about the things that are not constructive i think that's uh, that's equally healthy and that's kind of where i fall because i i'm (laughs) i've have uh yeah there's there's plenty of examples where i've left awake
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a yeah and i'm okay with it and And that's good like that's the next step it's been become real clear to me in the past few weeks of uh, my next step is figuring out like, how do I really become okay with me? Almost Mm. like surrendering to myself and going like, this is, this is you and who you are is like, that's good. That's really hard for me to say. I'm doing the foundations of a servant leader with uh, Bryce Roberts, which I'm, like blown away by every time mm. i get to go into one of those sessions
1: he is an exceptional man yeah shout out to bryce bryce you're hey amazing. bryce tune in pal <laughs> bryce you're one of the most emotionally intelligent and insightful yeah. young men that i know yeah
0: yeah genuinely it's it's amazing second to harry That <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it um We, the last conversation that I was a part of was all about power. And there's a lot of dynamics to that conversation. Um, So, but one of the pieces, one of the questions he asked was, uh, where do you all feel the most powerful in your life? I had a heck of a time figuring that out because of one of the things I've carried through from my history is shame. Like, uh, shame is super important in the, there's a hell place mm-hmm. that you could go to forever. Um and that whole idea of like you're fundamentally flawed as the start of the story was kind of how I was what I picked up. Whether people were teaching that or not, eventually mm-hmm. I made a construct that said uh, I am broken and worthy of destruction, right? As the yeah. the, the launch yep. point. Um, and so came with a lot of shame and so he asked this question you know where do you feel the most powerful and i spent a chunk of time just like i i don't i do not feel really powerful at all and uh then i heard a couple of people give their answer and i realized that it might be simpler than what i was thinking and i eventually was able to give an answer of like man i feel so i feel powerful when i'm one-on-one with someone and they end up telling me something really, really meaningful and like almost dark. And that's when I feel the most powerful. And then I added a little statement at the end of it. which So that's that's really weird. And Bryce pushed back pretty hard. He said, what? it's not weird. It's called a counselor. <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: gotcha. Yeah, I mean, counselors are all real messed up.
0: <laughs> Just like,
1: oh, yeah, but it's no, true. That's like, so. That's yeah. very. That's an exceptional
0: quality. Yeah, for sure. I love it, and but yeah. I only have even a good quality about myself is still really hard to view through a positive lens. I still, uh, it's weird that I like doing this. Oh God, no, that's, there's not a lot
1: of people on the planet that can draw out vulnerability and kindness out of somebody just from speaking with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, how many times have we met each other or hung out? probably four or five
0: times, not counting podcast time.
1: Right. It's not, it's not that much. Right. But I feel very, I feel exceptionally comfortable with you. Yeah. And I think that the podcast medium is an, is an incredible place Mm. for you to share that gift. You
0: know, like that's something that's really, no, there's, it's there. mm. There's another, there's like five more podcast, like different podcast ideas that I have, but one of them that I feel like is probably the most important that I don't know how to do is the, is that, What you just said, right? Like, how do you, how can I show up in a vulnerable, authentic, like, we're going to name all the shit. You're already going to do it. You'll just do it. Yeah, right. Just go for it. Hi, I'm Harry, and this is going to be really
1: uncomfortable for you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But it's also going to be incredibly freeing and liberating.
0: You're going to love it. Let me tell you about sex.
1: (laughs) You keep bringing it home. And the
0: first time that I ever heard about (laughs) it. (laughs)
1: Uh, maybe four or six times. I've already heard a couple of stories that I won't ask you to repeat. On Man, <laughs> it's not for this show.
0: This will get worse. Uh, That's no, the
1: show this for will, that. This will get bad. <laughs> this will get <laughs> naughty. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's no, good. I think I'm. Uh, I'm optimistic about, you know, this show about you continuing in this podcast because they're uh that seems to be one of those qualities that you just can't quite teach. You can teach people how God. to ask insightful questions. Um don't ask uh when, ask why. Yeah, you know, right. very simple tools. But to be able to look at somebody and trust that they are just trying to help you and 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 uh and love on you in some way. Mm. Hmm. In a genuine way Yeah um, That's gonna translate And you know this, I would so encourage you to just persevere In whatever shape it takes
0: in the future It's gonna be exceptional Man I, Yeah I actually hear you And that's weird Because I think had you said those exact words Four weeks ago to me I'd be like oh okay cool oh, yeah. And not heard a freaking <laughs> thing you said Like it's almost like i became optimistic about me in that sense a few weeks ago for the first time good or maybe was that what bryce asked you yeah that
1: that opened it up you thought about it yeah yeah you put some energy there and and realize wow this is okay this is something that i am good at this
0: right yeah it's weird yeah I, i like I want to just say it's weird because of that self doubt. This will get weird. This will get weird. That's a yeah, one of my favorite podcasts. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that's that's uh. Sometimes
1: you know I'm sure Pete is listening right now, so he might yeah. get mildly offended. Hey Pete, um, is he in Montana, with your brother? Is that one? Yeah, Pete lives in Montana.
0: <laughs> the out of state
1: listener. <laughs> He's in LA. Um, <laughs> good Lord, his laughter. Ugh. If they cut out his laughter from the show, it would actually be 45% as long as it is, but it would be 55% less enjoyable. Oh, totally. Yeah. Love that
0: show so it much. It was really
1: fun. Actually, one of the questions I want to ask you, mm. I guess we could jump right into it because we're kind yeah. of at a nice like break here. Yeah. Um, recall for me like the time that you remember laughing the hardest. I love, I, I'll give you some time cause I'm catching you here, but like, I love hearing people's stories to that question. Cause like, cause especially with, with brothers, my God, like yeah. the joy that you get from that laughter oh with brothers, so good, especially from childhood, there's something you will never replicate about that. I mean, siblings in general, I can remember times with my sister <laughs> just losing it, but
0: Uh, So there's a bunch in my head. It's hard to say which one was the hardest. You can pick a few. That's fine. Okay, let's go. This is massively entertaining. The most recent to our friend Isaiah's great disappointment is just knowing Noah Martis. Um, So last night I spent the night at Noah's house and went to his house for the first time. Um, Now you need a counselor yeah I've set up cameras and listening <laughs> devices, and i'm I can just be in Noah's life all the time now <laughs> um, but we we uh firstly, yesterday we played Dungeons and Dragons the first time I've ever played in my life, and so uncomfortable and so in love That's, with we it. we can edit that out yeah. <laughs> Nope. I'm proud of it. Uh, And so played Dungeons and Dragons, had a few great laughs in that space, and then went up to his house and we played Diablo, which I've never played. And so I was all excited about that. And Noah has this insane gift, I would say. (laughs) to not let silence exist <laughs> <laughs> for more than 1.2 seconds, right? Shout out. And no. he has the wit like I sit there and go like any one thing that he says that I find funny, like I could watch the moon go by 38 times and not have come up with that. And for whatever reason he just the things he says and the way he says it just lights up the humor drive so that my cheekbones or cheek muscles today (laughs) are literally sore because of playing diablo with noah and um isaiah and roger last night and just like i laughed and isaiah every time was like don't do this. It's not that <laughs> funny, but there's something. So a lot of laughing with Noah lately. Uh, I remember this one time my friend Russ, um, and his best friend in high school, and uh, we were sitting in my bedroom with our backs to the window, and it was dark outside, and we both played guitar, and um, we started singing this song that we had made up uh, on on the spot that just kind of, I don't know, remember the melody, but the, the lyric was one line, and it was just "There's a man in the window with a knife," and we just kept singing this and singing this and scared the shit out of ourselves, <laughs> and then lit- ran out of the room at one point. We're probably fifteen, sixteen years old, and uh we laughed a long time about that. That was good, and then yeah, so many moments with uh, my family. And I remember, I remember discovering tear uncontrollable laughter it was an option. Um, one morning we were going to go leave for vacation and my mom made cinnamon rolls and I feel like my mom in some ways uh, just needs green lighted to embrace her like dark humor a little more and like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But she said sticky buns. And then I think in her head, I didn't know what this was at the time, but I think in her head turned it into a euphemism and started laughing uncontrollably and just could not stop and dad started and then it was just like this waterfall of our whole family in the kitchen laughing together and not able and us boys not knowing why it was even funny, but in hindsight going like, oh, mom made a Sliding euphemisms by the kids and, it, and then getting them to
1: laugh is really a joy. It's, it's a
0: great joy. So th- those are some of the moments. But there's been a lot of those of friends and yeah. Brothers and Yeah, and,
1: and just quick for the record, you can't laugh at Noah that much.
0: <laughs> that's what that's what people keep telling me, but I feel like I'm disproving them he's all. He's hilarious.
1: He's he, a very he's a joy to be around. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Just don't tell him that. You know what's funny? When we were, (laughs) that was a good. We were talking to him about the podcast, and and you mentioned that I was a fan, and I'd encourage you. You know. Yeah. And he goes, "Have you listened to Harry's podcast?" I said, "Yeah, I think I've heard every single episode. I I believe everyone the whole way through." And Noah's like, "Hmm, I only listened to one." Twice, <laughs> and we know which
0: <laughs> one it was, <laughs> oh, it was great. oh my gosh,, uh, so funny, he's great, he's a fun guy to he be around, yeah, hardest time I laugh, that's that I, I like that question,
1: okay, so family,
0: yeah, now you have your own. I got my own family you you co run a family, yeah, man, <laughs> it's really amazing, that even just the statement it's really amazing is a new. Um, I started therapy a couple of years ago, um, and giving or getting, get, uh, getting, uh, um, cause you kind of do both with yeah. the podcast. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Podcasts and just one-on-one conversations yeah. and totally untrained. So like hesitate to yeah, say, I sure. Do therapy. Right. Right. He doesn't do therapy. Right. He listens. And I freaking so love listening therapy. to people. Um, and so, uh been doing therapy also 2018 i would say it would be one of uh, especially november december maybe the most depressed i've been in a very long time mm. um yeah it deserves a little quiet <laughs> uh just like that it it was it was some hard stuff so and that's with therapy right That's weird (laughs) uh, to me to, to be in the process of, of doing therapy and seeing the benefit of it. One of the benefits that it brought was, um, so there's a lot of self-doubt in my head. Like I can, if I'm, if I'm not super intentional and everything doesn't align or everything aligns perfectly, I might not experience that for a little bit for a few Mm -hmm. hours, but, uh, self-doubt is there. It hangs out. Um, and, and, uh, so in conversations with the therapist about depression and all that, he, he's really pushed this idea of like, you have chosen a life, um, and you chose to get married at a young age and you chose to start a family and you chose to stay with your family. And that's a really, and he swears a lot. So that's a really fucking good thing yeah and that enables me to actually hear it sometimes when he he's he's dropping the f bomb on yeah. the scripture or the 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 description of of my family or my choices and um and so yeah, I have a family, and that's a good beautiful thing and I got married young, and so it actually um that cost something right like that cost the experience of of going to school or to of self discovery right so I went from living at my parents' house till I was 21 to mm-hmm. moving into the apartment which was a renovated chicken coop which is a theme in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm on the right path if I'm <laughs> spending a major or like a chunk of my day in a chicken coop. Okay. So um we went on a journey of together discovery. But without any, there was no dis- deconstruction in between like, Oh, I grew up in this environment and this is how you relate to, to women because I had a mom and that was the only woman in my yeah. life. Right. And I'm sure all you have to do is copy and paste <laughs> that onto your new relationship and it all will work out great. Uh, it's a tracing. <laughs> yeah. Just put this paper right over that yeah, one. And and it's same great. Thing. Yeah. All of my issues that I brought in, different coping mechanisms that just naturally develop, whether you have the best or <laughs> worst parents. Like, you don't make lasagna, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, all of that. Oh, as a man, this is how you interact with this person. Copy and paste that from my dad yeah. onto this and that. That can create some issues. And then part of the, the fundamentalist-ish background was like, what is God telling you to do um, for for your education, right? Once you are done with high school. Um, oh, God's not telling me to go to college. Uh, I think God's telling me to, to work at this church as much as I can. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Um, and as long as you're employed by that church and they see the value of that and you don't have to rely on an education or a degree um it's a great gig mm, yeah <laughs> and then at some point you have to realize like you've made a choice like whether God was orchestrating that or not, like I had to make a choice and that choice cost something. or
1: consequences. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Consequence meaning not, not a good, negative, not thing. a moral
1: statement, but no, um, it's like the thing, the, the consequence, the next thing that happens because yeah. of Ooh, the thing that you did. Love that. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes. And so, but we but so grateful for that learning with Kate in that space. Our first, five and a half, seven and a half years of marriage was we worked a full time job and shared the same job description together and hung out all the time, like wow. just all the time and not in a, um, uh, we got to figure out how to get through this. Although I'm sure there were moments like that, but just like, that was really cool when we could go to work and then go home. <laughs> we liked that. Right. Um, and, The the primary reason that i had a really long stay in that space is kate's skill set to be able to what she brought to the game right was so needed and helpful and important and uh and so it was like it was a really cool fit like Mm. um right off the bat and then you go into a space of like okay that job's that season's done now um which is a whole long thing And, and it's like oh we don't work together anymore we have separate jobs we how do we handle this space um wasn't part of our norm
1: um, when did you meet Kate?
0: I met Kate when I was eight years old at a living history weekend or a reenact a civil War reenactment and uh, uh, no one was willing to play the South, so the Union Army had no one to <laughs> battle <laughs> so I don't, I, should I put this in a public space? I hope so. In an effort for the game to be played, huh? Me and Kate's Go brother ahead. Mike donned our gray outfits. And, Does Mike also have a shaved head? Uh, no, no. So you're the.
1: Just for those of you who are listening, yeah, Harry is a skinhead.
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: He's one of the most <laughs> unconditionally loving. <laughs> I, it's a. I am sorry. That was, did
0: That's, I cross the line? No, I asked you before I'm we started this.
1: I said, "Is there anything I'm you don't want me to say?" I'm into skinheadism, but I love skinheadism. That you,
0: you say this stuff. My God, it brings. Anyways, up, you met Kate at a, yeah, at a uh, civil war reenactment. Okay. hung out with her uh, brother. We had a riot. Uh, How old were you? I was eight. Okay, yeah, the same age, and he was six, and. Probably six. What the hell? Okay, now we're going in
1: the homeschool thing after this, but tell me, answer yeah, this question. <laughs> like, who the hell goes with Civil War reenactment age eight? <laughs> you fuckers. There's some things crazy to learn. awesome <laughs> education. That's, that's really there's,
0: there's stuff to learn. Right? That is good. Um, And we were trying to get the, you know, the well-rounded historical perspective and play as the we didn't know what we were doing yeah. we just knew that those guys had the hill when went to and we wanted to conquer the hill and they okay. were yeah you know uh, so i met kate in that space and then through um homeschooling mm-hmm. stuff she was homeschooled i was homeschooled i think at 12 we started going to uh art class together and i can't remember the art classes teacher's name she's still around otherwise i'd give her a shout out but um <laughs> she uh Weekly art class, and I I would get dropped off at Kate's house, and um we would go to art class, and then we'd always get Taco Bell, mm. and I'd always try to get like just like it wasn't like I had picked Kate at that point like this is the one, um but you know you're a dude so it's like I'm gonna I definitely have to have the spiciest. Sauce on my tacos as a way of, um, So I'm, I feel like that's what Really laid the my foundation That's <laughs>
1: <For our laughs> I'll have two fire sauces Oh
0: my god <laughs> What is this hey, um, It's a bad boy <laughs> And then we'd go back to her house and we would play uh I forget the name of the game Crash Bandicoot and some oh. Air Force game Oh that's lovely. So that was fun. Uh, but then it wasn't till years later. Um, started... Didn't know, but ended up at the same youth group together. Um, and then we both volunteered our ways into position at the church. And after that, uh, some stuff started dating and then mm. got engaged and got engaged in the church. Just really interesting. Wow. And in the church there. building. Yeah. Like in the office. Yeah. That was... <laughs> it's a, it was actually super cool. Her mom and my mom both like went all out to create a beautiful space in a church office. Yeah, it was great. And yeah, Wow. that's the super short version of the beginning of a family. Yeah, that um,
1: there's a lot of things that I'm thinking of trying to understand. How to put them into work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? That's the incredible. Hell? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exceptional. Yeah. It is because it's what a what a neat way. First of all, uh, while we previously defined a fundamentalist I bel- that as one who believes that the worldview they inherited is the right one and the mm-hmm. other ones are wrong, yeah, the Venn diagram of fundamentalists and families who enjoyed Taco Bell and Crash Bandicoot has a very small crossover. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a very interesting <laughs> right, mutual right. family dynamic. Yes. Uh hers and yours. Yep. Um but that's really special. It I, is. Like that's really Yeah. how uh how interesting to have Almost like a, a lifelong courtship and the courtshitable courtship <laughs> courtshitable.
0: <laughs> that's interesting. You I'm say, not even use that word because when we were dating, the word we used was not dating. You know, it was courting, like we were courting. So yeah. I started dating yeah. her with intention of marriage, right? Like so, it was, then it switches. What normal people would call
1: engagement. That's when you started dating.
0: Yeah, and then we got engaged because sure let's make it a fish because you wanted to make the dating sound you wanted to level up that dating yeah but even that like so i we grew up in purity culture and like i I kiss dating goodbye book was my jam like well
1: i think well think of what uh i have a number of friends and and folks who i love dearly yeah that lament um their the dating experience that they have now, it's. I am I'm happy. I am very fortunate. Oh my gosh, to have have missed the the app dodge dating, the bullet of the internet, yes, world of dating, because it makes both. It makes the person looking for a date, a shopper, and it makes the person waiting for someone to find them
0: a product. The relationship, and is then it's mutual, ugh, which is so. Ugh. Yeah, I'm so glad that I missed oh, all of it. And, and, and
1: the the challenge to then convert that interaction into something unconditional, which is the kind of love that I require. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. To you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh um, man. To convert it into something unconditional. It seems to be a great challenge and yeah. and not a not a natural transition. So yeah, you know, your story is is great. Yeah. I mean what a unique advantage to to be in. Um mm-hmm. and the thought that there's some period of life that you're missing out on something. I, for one, have tried to recreate the things that I missed out on. They don't bear fruit.
0: It doesn't work. (laughs) It just doesn't bear fruit. Yeah. It it was interesting when we were in a courting, dating, whatever. When we were falling in love, um, the I Kiss Dating Goodbye culture was like, you don't kiss until your wedding day, which we we succeeded-ish
1: on that. I love it. I love the ish and the <laughs> evangelical
0: world. Like, right. well, I didn't quite have sex ish till I was married. If if both parties aren't pushing their lips towards the other one, is it a kiss? I. Right. You know, there's know, wiggle the, room there. These sort of like <laughs> questions require too much
1: imagination. <laughs> I feel like it would be disrespectful to a number of people for me to try to figure it out.
0: Okay. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> well, yeah, it. I'm with you. Go ahead. Um, but we were told because of that because it was like this is the way God um desires your relationship to be it will build a a, a deep amount of trust, right, because you're honoring God and your relationship um and throbbing <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, dude, yeah. it's good yeah. every every single person who grew up in this the yeah duh yeah. um so they we <laughs> It's such a good, it's going to take me a moment to recover. I actually have to take a leak. Yeah, it? let's pause it. Okay, we're coming right back with Trust
1: and Throbbing. This <laughs> is this Will Get Worse podcast with Aaron Scott.
0: <laughs> so anyways, um, <laughs> robbing and thrust. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, the idea, though, of like that, that abstinence was going to create a lot of trust abstinence because it honored God was going to create a lot of trust in our relationship in the de- deconstruction process of going, yeah, okay, fine. What was actually going on? That abstinence created a space for a friendship to mm. develop for a long time. Whereas had I given myself permission to move it towards a more physical relationship, and and her as well, Um, Mm. it changes the dynamics, right? Of a friendship. And so I think we friend zoned each other each like three or four times. Like we were both really honest throughout it. Like, Hey, I'm feeling more than a friend to you and remind me why our friendship is worth protecting. Right. Mm. And let's delay that. Um, That's what built the trust. Although that trust can be totally destroyed anyways, but it also offers something to go back to and be like, we can trust each other. Yeah. Um, And it also developed, like I grew up with a group of friends where like, had we been in a group of people where, you know, pursuing the boyfriend girlfriend relationship was a thing. There's a whole chunk of my friends who like, I just watched a lot of my other friends destroy friendships. Mm. and like, no, because I, on Tuesday, I had a crush on this person, so I acted on it, and now that whole friendship's gone forever. <laughs> and that's what I want to say to the app culture of, like, yeah, uh, more interesting than finding a girlfriend is finding a friend, <laughs> because that's all that sure. you're going to have left My God. after 60 years. You will have a friend, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you see old couples holding hands... After fifty, sixty years of marriage. It's not because they're just aching and horny for each other. <laughs> it's, because although. They, although. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's because they they value and cherish each other. And I have I have many relationships like that. And my God, I'm I'm just unbelievably It's what life feels uh, rich. That's it, man. All right, that's his show. That's a rap, baby.
0: We did it. <laughs> Fight for friendships, man. Yeah, that's yeah. not really rap. We're gonna, we're gonna. Yeah, we'll keep going. Okay. We better. I'd be very sad. I'm You're starting to embrace my. You're the I'm the shortest podcast interview of your own podcast. Well,
1: that guy's boring. Well, he's done. Well, that's about all the marrow we could suck from that bone. <laughs> There's not a whole lot going on there.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: well. No, that's, I. you know, it's, uh, I think that after certain, you, you do a certain amount of deconstruction and then you almost feel ashamed of your evangelical romance story. And then you do a little bit more along with that reconstruction. And then you go, oh my God, this was really special. This is going to be one of the most unique things. Totally. Among my entire community. In sixty years, I mean, people are going to be like, "Holy shit!" You guys, you guys were still?
0: friends and met, and then decided oh, that, yeah, you yeah. know and to persevered, and and there is something uh, whenever whenever you shift or grow or a, a new mental model starts to make sense to you. Paradigm is the word that I'm looking for. Whenever there's a new paradigm, you feel like you've entered the the temptation this is a joe phrase but uh, my friend joe he would always like the temptation is always to transcend and reject and then maturity is figuring out how to transcend and include and that's i feel like i'm starting to do that now with some of my my fundamentalism and be able to even say like yeah i'm not here with these beautiful daughters and this amazing wife without that so like There's a, I'm grateful for a kiss, dating, goodbye, which is not popular to say today, but I'm not grateful for it in a a different, or I'm grateful for it in a different sense. Like, It did, it also created a whole lot of shame, right? Because I did, I was a sexual being (laughs) and the advice was, no, you're not. Just turn that off until... The time yeah. is ready, yeah, which creates a whole hell of a lot of issues. Jeez. So, anyways, yeah,
1: well, that's a really, really fascinating. <laughs> it is reality to be both looking at something like I, I kissed dating goodbye, right? Or the, the you know the culture we were brought up in. Period. You know, I, I yeah. speak very much from the same perspective as you, you know, as in. And when you interviewed me, we got to all find out as, as no, it was ragging on him. He's <laughs> like, when you were 12 and you proposed to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, mastered.
0: young marriage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel really like it was the greatest uninformed decision that I ever made, you know? And the, some of those values about like sticking with something that, you know, that my, my father and his father and, and, uh, even, you know oh geez probably more so my my grandmother's you know like yeah you know, my my paternal grandfather was not like a pleasant person not to a be good around. dude yeah 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 <laughs> so sticking with something
0: that was all on her that yeah. was her skill <clears throat> dude um, the the freaking role of good women in my life that was amazing. So like I love that your grandmother is like that role.
1: She held it down. She's yeah. so special. She's losing her mind though. Oh, uh, man. It's okay. She'll never hear this. And then if she does, she completely <laughs> forget about it 35 seconds later. I'm Like, you. oh yeah, headphones on. What are these goddamn things in my ears for? <laughs> 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 Gotta <laughs> laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh that those things, you know, uh when you talk about baby in the bathwater. Talk about the things that you inherit from your family. It's uh, such a special place to be, to be able to express gratitude for those things that, you know, when a couple of years ago you look at it and go, yeah. when did I get this? You know, and even even the things that ended up being a challenge or, it's part or of story. subjectively bad, you know, that... When you detach yourself from the, the consequence of the thing that you inherited and then you look at it and embrace it, oh my God, it's just so freeing. Yeah. No, I went on a family trip with, with, with my siblings and my parents and like three days into it, my wife and I were talking. I'm like, these people are all insane. <laughs> And she's like, "How did you turn out so normal?" I'm like, I'm not. You've just been with me longer. Yeah. I've become normal to you. I'm an acquired taste, and it's too late, baby. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: but, um, but you know, it's it's just exceptional to kind of receive some of those beautiful values that we were that shared with us, and then you know, to the other things that aren't fruitful and don't help other people. You just
0: Eventually, if you can let go of them in a healthy way.
1: Yeah. And then, then, uh, you know, I don't know. I still like yell at my kids for some no goddamn reason. Yeah. Yeah. You're being too loud.
0: (laughs) There's a rule that says 89 decibels for kids. That's enough. I got uh, Sylvia
1: asked me today. She's like, do I have to watch an educational show? (laughs) I, said, I don't care what you do, but the shows that you're watching are just too damn annoying. I can't listen to <laughs> can't it anymore. Do this. It's like, okay, I'll just watch this. I'll turn it down.
0: <laughs> you're like, like, cool. That's, that's fine. Sweet.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, I'll try my best to derail you. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to share about, like, the family that you tell me about your daughters you got we got to who did we hear interviewed on the podcast that was haven she's... my god she has the best <laughs> both your daughters have the best voices they're so great just the way it's so sing-songy
0: haven who's the other one haven and then Kaislin. she's four Kaislin. and we are just on vacation in florida and we were making her say as many words as we could, or I was at one point, as many words as I could that still had the R, in them because she just, <laughs> it's still a W. <laughs> so like, we? even, even my name, Harry, right? Harry. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and both my kids call me by my first name often, which is fun. That's, I like it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, they also call me dad and daddy, but... I just love Hayley. Like, please don't stop. <laughs> I will. You will be in trouble the day you figure out ours. Oh man. So yeah, they're great. Haven. Haven's got this like desire to create, like innate. Like I wish I had her level of desire to create. And one of my biggest fears is like making it, uh, turning it safe making her create safely like and losing kind of that it's almost like a barbaric creation drive that I'm just like don't quit that shit you know so like just well you we <laughs> took our phone calls um before we started like she was just like so I had this idea that I want to take a rubber band and cut it in half and then get some glue and some glitter and put the glitter on the thing and then we'll glue the rubber band back together and we can turn it into a ring. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Then How that's old
0: it. is she? She's six. But it's just like, what do you want to create? What do you want to make? And so with her, my dad's question of like, what, what do you want to work on? I've learned like she just wants to create so i should go what do you want to create and then mm, just yeah. whenever i get the opportunity to do that it's like it's really fun Ugh. and some of her ideas are way bigger than me already which is like <laughs> yeah please
1: it's just this is a great moment of self-reflection and going wow scott yeah. you're not you're really not doing that <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You
1: could let it, you can let it it's condemn you or lighting. like call you to something good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow, you know what? I want to do that with Sylvia because she's, first of all, we need to hang. uh Yeah. Podcast land, you're just hearing a severely budding bromance right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yay.
1: <laughs> when we have, like I'm happy. Daughters the same age. Yeah, I you know. know it. They are no, so kids. similar too. So,
0: oh, i got to tell you this. Um, before I left Florida, because they're driving back from Florida right now, mm-hmm. uh, I had a meeting I had to be to. Um, so girls are in Florida. I had to fly back early. And um, and I asked Kayslyn, hey, what do you miss about being home? And she said, I miss Jude, which is uh, Seth and Callie McCoola's uh, youngest son. Shout out to Jude. Yeah. And I miss Sylvia. Oh, my God. I was like, like, uh, S- Scott, Sylvia? She's like, I don't know. Like, she doesn't know <laughs> who you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know that, Jake, <laughs> I mean, that is. Sylvia's the like, one. Sylvia's the only. And then, then I remembered they were in dance class oh, together. Boy. And so I guess she misses Sylvia. Uh, okay. all the things in Ohio. Sylvia and Jude.
1: So, if I left Ohio without my daughter, <laughs> I would have fifty percent of the same longing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'd
0: be scary if it was a hundred percent. That's good. So, um, and then Kayslyn, um, man, she just in the moment. She's just in the moment, like really good. How do you? Um,
1: this is interesting. Uh. I am constantly trying to like uh, pat down the flames of what I expect for my
0: kids. As far as like having too high of expectations.
1: There's something really stupidly like paternal about like the firstborn son too. Like I'm a dick to my oldest son sometimes. And then it'll be like, Five minutes later, and I'll go over to him. I'm sorry. He's, you know, I was a very, I was a pretty sensitive kid growing up. Yeah, me too, man. I think a lot of sensitive kids either, you kind of like, like anything, you have an irritation on one spot for a lot of repeated circumstances, yep. you get calloused, right? So I can see him start to like, he's like hardening off like for the winter. Yeah. And then I'll go, no, 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 Scott, that's something you want to keep alive. You don't want to, you don't want to build that callus. So then I, oh man, it probably happens every other day. I'm like, hey guys, uh, hey, I'm sorry for your ex or whatever it is, you know? Um, how, how do you balance that with your own children to have some, you want to see them live a life that kind of looks like this. And you're you're responsible now to put down those foundations and building blocks for them to get there, but you also you know recognize that failure is the thing that can get you to the most beautiful place too. Dude, dude, what? I know it. Yeah. What do you do? You're the father. You got to make it happen. Figure uh, it out right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and I'm not super intentional as far as like long-term strategy and thinking of how this affects that and that affects that. And so this will lead to that. And I have no idea what I'm doing there most of the time. Um, one of the phrases, there's two phrases that my daughters hear from me. Probably the most one is I love you. I'm a very verbal. I love you person. Like I'll say that accidentally to people that I'm, Pretty sure I don't love. But Still waiting. <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> so, um, I'll say that a lot. Which then, but we, that's a whole uh, don't side tangent. Okay, so I'll say that a lot, and then, um, I found myself saying way too much. Like, be careful. Mm. I want to give them be careful. Like that's a dumbass strategy to me. Like, sure. Dear Lord Jesus,
1: uh, we just pray for the Macaulay family as they return back to Bosnia. We just ask that you keep them
0: safe. This is like PTSD. This is it. Safe.
1: <laughs> Safety. You missed
0: about 30 Just We pray
1: for just pure travel safeties. Keep them safe from the malaria. Keep them safe while they travel. Keep them yeah. safe
0: from being tired. Safety. Safe. It comes from like, I mean, uh, what do you do with thriving? I feel like that this is what that hilarious example is. What do you do? It was okay when it's time to start stretching or building the thriving muscle. Um, mm. after you've built the survival, right? Like, because the survival took a lot of hard work to get to. Like, oh, we're paying all our bills, and our kids have food, and we actually have. Uh, an hour a week where we get to invest into our own relationship. That's great (laughs) on a date night or whatever. Um, Oh, and now we have a little more margin and we have the option to thrive. Um, But instead I think we just decide to like build bigger fortresses around our Mm. surviving. And then 15 years into that, your relationship is a mess because you're living in mm-hmm. the dreams of 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, man. And so that's, I don't want to hand my daughters be safe or be careful. Uh, I don't want them to be sanitary people. I want them to mess shit up sometimes, you know, like for themselves and for other situations in life. Disruption is one of my favorite words in there. Like the, the art of disruption. I want, as Haven who's obviously engaging in creativity. Like that's what I'm that would be one of my hopes for her is like mm. she discovers the art of disruption. Of like, here's the can of paint which is not disrupted. So go disrupt that shit and make something that's interesting <laughs> to me. I like that. Uh but so mm. you saying uh what the question being like what do i how do i parent that how do i lead them towards a, a life that's similar to this i don't know man i don't necessarily know if i want them to have a similar life i want them to have good relationships
1: well like you want to get rid of the expectation yeah. that it'll turn out like some product or some experience right. that you're, you're i have assuming. no
0: idea and i don't want to know well, what not, their life looks like and what their skill set is like yeah. I just I want to know what crops up though like a freaking it crops up so much is um my own self-doubt being projected onto them when it comes to per- outside perception right so like I typically go out of my way to make things convenient and easier for other people I- something comes alive in me when I'm doing that. Like Mm -hmm. I love helping other people out uh, in behind the scenes ways Um, that just like, Hey, this made it better and it's easier for you now. So sometimes when my girls are uninhibited and just being who they are, um, I will accidentally snuff that out because it feels like that's not okay because it might impose some slight discomfort on someone else potentially in the room. Mm. And um and so I got to learn how to stop doing that for myself because I can't teach them to not do that because I have no idea how to not do that. <laughs> right. So, right. The the whole parenting thing is work on myself. <laughs> can't take people where I haven't been more true with my kids. So, politeness is tricky. Like,
1: it's good to be considerate of other people, but not bound by them. Yeah, that's hard, man. I quit going out to eat with my family. I'm like, we're not going out anymore. I just... Politeness
0: is a thing that needs to be present. Oh, excuse me. If you get
1: up in a restaurant and run around, I'm angry. I'm like, we're gone. All right, I'm putting them in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I can't turn it off. I don't know. I'm like, other people are paying money to be here, and they don't have to do this. just they don't want to be bothered. They're here for a reason. I'm going to take these kids in the car, these little fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's
0: all the voices in my head. What is it, like, the reflection upon you, then, that really creates the, like, this is uncomfortable for me, so please It might just
1: be because I'm an asshole, yeah. Uh, yeah like, if someone me. else's kids are doing that, I look over, I'm like, like
0: yeah, go. Yeah. shut your kid oh. up. Or oh, like, gosh. Gotcha. Give me your kid.
1: <laughs> Give me that kid. I'll make them have fun. You're a negligent parent.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> my Gosh,
1: I like it judgy
0: and mean, yeah, dude.
1: Don't okay. go out to eat with me.
0: <laughs> well, you alone is probably fine yeah, <laughs> as I'm long fine. as it's an adult's yeah, only, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your kids are annoying. Can I go play with them on a playground
1: somewhere? Get them out yeah, of this okay. space, like, oh. okay?
0: Oh man, no,
1: uh, I get that though. That's that is a, a challenging balance for others. Yeah. And for ourselves, you know, for our kids and for us, like, um, boy, I I don't know how to say no to people. Which is a great gateway to having a whole lot of new experiences and, and doing a lot of cool shit. Yep. Um, but it can leave. Uh... Yeah, it leaves people who are closest to you. They're the ones who feel the consequence of you not ever saying no. Me, I don't, I don't float around in space all day. Yeah. Love it Spur of the from... moment yeah.
0: Spontaneous Free yeah. spirit Yeah
1: I'm so free Man I just <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wow Yeah
1: Let's keep talking about me Let's just switch this thing Back <laughs> over to me And we're in scat mode All right. I and love yeah.
0: it <laughs> It's a give and take man Conversation Yeah That's really
1: I am genuinely um, It's nice to hear A somewhat similar story And to mm-hmm. hear someone whose heart's in the same place with their their kiddos and and with your spouse and uh that's great. That's comforting. I and love
0: it, your honesty and the like owning, but I'm an asshole, right? I'm in the process. I, it's I, I think like, I just spoke from my ideals, right? Yeah, but uh, it's way messier. It's better if you're trying <coughs> to
1: fix it. Yeah, There's nothing noble about what I just said mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> This isn't one of the things on which I'm currently working yeah. <laughs> This is one We just don't go out to eat anymore Shout out to Fowl Fodder Sorry for your 0. .02% decrease in revenue For the past eight months But I just got tired of, of wrangling my children
0: <laughs> Be quiet
1: There's other people here Oh dude, yeah um, all right. So I, I, you know, you have a nice house. Thanks, man. I like your home. I appreciate it. Shout out, uh, Kate. Kate. <laughs> I was going to say podcast roll. Come by and visit the address yeah. is. No.
0: <laughs> I forgot you did drop your address and I didn't edit it out. So if you need me to do that.
1: Oh no, that's fine. I got guns and stuff. It's no big I
0: <laughs> got guns and stuff.
1: Oh you know uh, I man. Um, so when you interviewed me yeah and in this one you've talked about joe a little bit yeah. um one of the questions i wanted to ask you and i and i like asking other people when they're up for it yeah. tell me about like the hardest thing you've ever had to do or the hardest time you've ever endured hmm and my lead into that is presupposing that those two things will coincide.
0: Right. No, definitely. There's like hard times within those. So like just earlier, I mentioned November and December being some of the most depressed months that I've had. November was his um, sixth year death anniversary, <laughs> or however one is supposed to <laughs> say that mark that time. Um, and it kind of snuck up on me this time but it didn't sneak up on my body, if that makes sense. Like, mm. it snuck up on my mind, but my body was completely aware of it. Um, and then eventually my mind was like, oh, I'll join you in that. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, like, that's the most depressed down I've ever been. The... Um, uh, there's this. I wish there was a middle word between depression and suicide. If that makes sense, this is probably way too. I don't. I I feel very risk filled right now in talking about this. Uh, but I wish there was a middle word that wasn't is was more intense than depression and less intense than suicide. Whereas like, there was no desire to like end my life or self harm. But there was definitely a feeling every night of, like, maybe I won't wake up in the morning. That'd be really great. Which is a really weird space to be in. Really hard space. Maybe the hardest space I've been in mentally. Um, in that, like, it, that it snuck up on me. And that wasn't, like, an event happened six years ago that continues to do work in me right um invited or uninvited um and so losing your best friend is a hard that's the hardest thing right like so far for me um yeah that space it's also something like i think what's hard about it is uh that whole idea, people, I've heard both sides of the argument that, like, every six or seven years, all your cells die off and regrow, and you might be, you know, you're still the same, whatever. Yeah. But there is something, at some point, if that is true or holds any weight, and I've read things both ways, right, like, your memories are implanted on a um, a set of cells, somehow, I don't know, and you remember those memories at some point. So now I'm writing a copy. And then at some point you remember the memory of the memory. (laughs) You're no longer remembering the thing anymore. And so you, there's like, to me, that's why it's harder to picture his face or remember the tone of his voice or, or have that sense of like what it felt like to hug this person or to wake up extra early and have a three hour long conversation, right? It's because you're remembering the memory of the memory and, and knowing how reading one of my, I love to read some lay person neuroscience every once in a while and going like, we always alter our memories every time we pick them up. And so altering the memories that I have of Joe every time I remember them, actually. Is changing the story, right? And so it feels like I'm losing whatever it was. And I almost imagine like dementia being the version of this that happens way fast. That's probably not at all what's happening. I don't know. I've not looked into it. But like, Mm. what if dementia was you were remembering the memory of the memory of the memory? Is what a, should take 10 years to do, but in two yeah, minutes,
1: that's really helpful to think about how
0: our own minds function. And when we mourn yeah, and when we think about other people that's and really- it's mourning. So it's like now I'm mourning the loss of my best friend, but I'm also mourning the loss of an accurate picture of my best friend. Yeah. And I'm also mourning the loss of that picture. Um, eventually. Right. That's what it feels like anyways. And so then you go, what was that thing <laughs> because i don't remember um and then the hard piece of recognizing that you and i in a room together feels very right right like in this space every time i've got to hang out with you it's like there's something there's a part of me that exists now that i didn't realize was was in there until i was hanging out with you and i was like this guy like i can be some version of myself around this person. That I didn't know was there, like you helped me discover that. Joe did that with me for years and years and years and years, and so I go like part of the part of the grieving process is like, oh, I lost this person, but I also lost who I was with that person, mm-hmm. and who I was with Joe was a giant part of my identity. Like, in uh, in reflecting too much, so like I could get lost in him in that relationship and like be defined by what he was about um which was great because he was about really great stuff (laughs) right at least that's what my memories (laughs) altered (laughs) tell me (laughs) um Hmm. but what I feel to be true somehow and uh but I that version of me died right like I don't I feel like there's a giant chunk of me that uh, ceased at that point.
1: Was he? Was he pretty like charismatic? Was he a pretty magnetic personality?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like uh, at his funeral, there were so many people who spoke and said, "Joe was my best friend," like, which was an interesting. It was cool. Yeah, and people who always felt that just that sense of like, not judgmental let's talk about you and what you're interested in and learned a lot from, from him in that space. Um, so, mm. so the heart, what's that hardest thing is, yeah, it's losing the friend, but then it's also the, the weird grieving of the loss of the loss. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then I go, at what point did, do... uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it's, it's still hard, but yeah. That's the hardest thing so far. And I don't want to lose that, right? No, no. It ends up double, triple stacking of like, no, I don't, I don't, I want to, I never want to stop thinking about and bringing Joe to mind. But then at some point you go like, but when I do, I'm altering that. (laughs) So it's almost like, how many memories do I have left? That's really weird. Or moments of remembering. Well, this like,
1: when you when you recall something you always think to an ideal mm-hmm. of that thing
0: yeah and i don't at his funeral that i was so fucking lucky in this one that i got to speak at his funeral but then um so lucky to have had conversations with him about uh, he's at one, a couple of times he had said like, when I die, I want you to do my funeral. And I was not in the space to actually do the whole funeral. And how old was he? He was, when he died? I think fifty uh, four, fifty six, something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, I, I just wasn't in the space where I could own doing the whole funeral, but I still got to speak at it. And he had talked about things that he wanted to have done at his funeral. And one of them was, I need someone to represent the asshole side of me. And I was like, dude, yes. And so I got to name some of those things like and try to because I hate funerals when they over idolize. Right. And so right, it right. was it was fun to be able to be like, Yeah. He had some issues and I'm going to try to talk about him in a way that doesn't alienate any of you, but allows you to go like, this was a full human being.
1: To speak to your relationship with him and just your approach to other people and even the approach to some extent of wanting to be an interviewer or a host of a podcast. Yeah. So everyone, you know, everyone's the hero of their own story, you know, and to have the quality that you have to want to, um, to be a part of somebody else's story and to hear them and to share the love that they had and to, to do it gratuitously. You know, I've never met Joe why are you telling me about Joe? <laughs> yeah. You're telling me about him now because I asked. Yeah. But before, there's no reason for you to tell me about Joe. Yeah, it just happens. <laughs> if you talk to me long enough. Yeah. Right. But that's, a, that's an exceptional quality in another person. I'm talking about you. Okay. To had to <laughs> want to share somebody else's love and who they were. Damn. Nobody, you know, we all want to talk about what we've done and how we're awesome. And I can think of no better way than for you to sort of, some of those memories will, will blur, you know, and maybe you, you know, if you're a good bro, you're going to embellish some of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I you never know? thought about it that way. And, and the story about, or the mythos of, of Joe um, becomes interesting and important and, and influential in other people's lives and, um, You know, your capacity to do this, as you said, is, you know, to listen to other people and to be genuine and to connect and to be transparent. My God. Yeah. To have your best friend be killed and then get to listen to other people and share his
0: influence.
1: Damn. It's amazing. It's, it's really... What a privilege it is. It's a blessing that he's left you with. And it's an exceptional opportunity for you to carry on. Not who he is, but the way that he, the person who he sculpted you or or helped you become. That's really, uh, I feel, I don't even know, I don't know the guy. But my life has been enriched by you
0: sharing yeah, the effects that he had on you with me. Damn. Thanks, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean it. Dang. Before That's this amazing. podcast, um we I asked Harry if there were any questions he didn't want me to ask and he said no. And we discussed it for a little while and made a couple of jokes. Um <laughs> <laughs> and the conclusion we kind of arrived at this idea that uh it would be really nice if we were just having a conversation <laughs> and yeah. we kind of forgot that the microphones were here heck yeah uh so you know it takes a special kind of person to be able to get to that point to be forthcoming enough where um the headphones and the microphones don't matter but i think you i really appreciate you being able to share your heart
0: I appreciate that, man. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, what's the meaning of life, Harry? (laughs) What is the whole meaning of this whole shit and jaboodle?
0: Yeah, I've been, uh, the reason I've started asking that on the podcast is because uh, it's been a looping question in my head. All the paradigms that I've been a part of up to today just don't seem to offer an answer. And I've known that before and been okay with that. And I've known that before and not been okay with that and kind of phased in and out. But I'd say more intensely than I've ever felt before. And maybe the depression and that that whole piece influences that, that I experienced in November and December. But it's like in my brain, what is the freaking meaning of this <laughs> and it's weird because I don't usually obsess over something super long and it's not just curiosity at this point it's like a there's like a gear that I'm in that for some reason is just like hey you should think about that question more I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I want to be done with it I don't know I am often surprised i've got to talk about this in two group settings now meaning of life question which i think it is funny in a space in a culture you know hey we were you know at a campground and around the fire under the stars and talking about the meaning of life and i i always now i'm just like you never ask the question what the meaning of life is (laughs) you might have asked you might have discussed something you find meaningful um which is I'm thinking the option that actually exists. What do you find meaningful? I think that's the question that I accidentally ask, but Mm. through the lens of what's the meaning of life, but I'm not really in this. When I ask the question, what's the meaning of life? I'm actually interested in that question, not the, (laughs) what do you you
1: find meaningful?
0: And so far it's been like, Standing in front of a wall and hitting your head against it and like, okay, what I like that I've discovered in that is that we, in the group conversations, it became evident really quickly that it felt like we were going to try to pull back the curtain and see who was behind it. And no one actually even wanted to engage in that process. Both of those Mm -hmm. conversations have been the hardest to facilitate in the sense of watching a group of people actually change the subject so many times and not engage with the question until I was like mean version of Harry, which is like, Hey, so could we focus on the (laughs) question? And, um, and what I discovered real quick was, and I'm trying to figure this out through the lens of people I trust and respect, right? Like that just seems to be how I, I do things, and I pro- it probably would require, like, I'm going to go away for a little bit and sit with my own head to really find an answer that, or no, be okay with no answer. Uh, but interesting, the sheer amount of assumptions we make, and I think in all of this, about the meaning of life or about what is meaningful, I need to be very careful when I'm making definitive statements about uh, big things that I, my, I don't technically understand to be willing to name, like, I'm going to be making some assumptions here and then doing my best to try to offer a little defining of that. But even just the posture of, hey, I'm coming into this conversation about important things, whatever it be, I'm coming in with assumptions and I'm not necessarily sure what all of those are. Mm -hmm. Like If someone starts a conversation about anything like that, you've just, I'm in. Like, I'm going to listen to you because it—it it just that posture is like, you're okay with not knowing everything and not having all the answers. So I like that, but I don't like right now, not having the answer to this. Um And like I said, all the paradigms from the past, I used to know the meaning of life when I was seven and then 12 and 15 and 22 and maybe even 25. I don't know it anymore Mm. so my friend Roger says the meaning of life is uh, to find a good coping mechanism and then make it better (laughs) I think that's it and that's a horrible (laughs) paraphrasing Roger I'm sorry if you ever (laughs) listen to this Uh, I'm not satisfied with that answer Uh, other friends that I trust say like there is no meaning nihilism so you just do what makes sense that falls flat for me because then I get like, what do you base making sense off of? You frickin bleh. Um, And then you have the meaning of life is to, you know, be, you know, from the religious perspective, honor God, devote your life to God. There's maybe a version of that or an interpretation of that phrase that might work for me. But the, the first one or the first four interpretations that come to my mind don't. Mm. Uh, So I guess the only question that then is left is, so what do you find meaningful? (laughs) Which then I I don't know. Uh, I I do find things meaningful. I just, I don't know how to answer what's the meaning of life. So that was pretty long winded for, I don't know. That was eight minutes and 24 (laughs) seconds of a non answer. So (laughs) you have a a better (laughs) question that would help me nail something down. When we come back,
1: we're going to get down to it. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. All
0: right. That sponsor was stupid.
1: That brought (laughs) to you by 19 Crimes.
0: What's that? That's the wine that I went to fill up. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What am I drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Schwamp Pop Noble Cane Cola. Noble cocaine cola. It's actually... (laughs) Really delicious.
1: Looks good. Well, um you know, some of the most precious gems that we've shared this evening—we just did so off mic. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday, but
1: didn't even record it. Someday. So, yeah. Uh, in, in all seriousness, I want to like encourage you that there is so much value um, in the role of. The guide.
0: Uh, you ever get hip to some of that Shakespeare? Uh, the actually, thanks to Amazon Prime, for the first time this year, I consumed Shakespeare in air quotes. I watched King Lear, and I was quite impressed. Get the fuck out, yeah. King Lear. Yeah, they just did a whole. Anthony Hopkins is oh, like the main. It's Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you watched it? I don't. I haven't. I've read it. Okay. Um, it's you know, but, but it's, I, le- I'm a little, I think from I'm what I, <laughs> I think from what I understand, like it's pretty almost unabridged. Um, I'm sure little Anthony Thropkins in there <laughs> bringing down the house. That guy is,
1: he's amazing. What was the, yeah? yeah but yeah. so my favorite character mm-hmm. in all of literature is
0: Kent. Um, I'm not. I
1: watched it once. Okay. Man, I was just so intrigued. Until Kent is his, his assistant uh, servant. Yeah, Nick, dude, who like disguises himself yes. to protect Lear, and he's always honest with him. Yeah, and Lear casts him away because he, yeah. And Kent's like, okay, yeah, yeah, and I'll still leave.
0: makes the choice and to he, yeah.
1: But there's there's this um, everybody wants to be the hero, right? Like everybody wants to be the. Everybody wants to rule (laughs) the the world.
0: Well, and then I think uh, attached to that is like in our culture, you have the word entrepreneur, right? Oh, yeah. You have number one. And like, I just see so many people, myself included, who I don't feel like my skill set is a number one guy, right? Yeah. Where I have thrived in my life, is finding somebody who I trust and can respect them as an individual but then who also has a dream and a vision that I find deeply compelling and I don't want to be number 4 in the hierarchy I want to be number 2 mm. and I don't want to be above that person I want to be number 2 yeah like I want to be in like a Joe relationship like I want to walk in the room with Joe on a consistent basis, and watch what Joe likes and what Joe doesn't like, and watch what helps him come alive and set the stage. In that way, so that that happens more, right? And that's what I found with a lot of people in the converse ongoing conversations is like, mm. my brain's doing the like what, what's a number like? I think that's just a number two skill set. Yeah, I want to be the good. I want to be a really good number two. Which was, was so intriguing about the Isaiah episode and how he right. said right. after his butler school, what do I do next? I can either do this, this, or this, or I can find a master worthy of my service. And I was like, holy shit, that's the best <laughs> sentence in the world. Oh, man, I could listen to Isaiah talk for hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Finding a master worthy of service. You, is that not like the coolest phrase? It's uh, yeah, absolutely. The other one that I could see being of value is to be a master worthy of service. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't want to hang out with that guy. Yeah,
0: I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to like that. it. Almost, not yeah. that that guy is bad. Like no, I want to. I want to play number two to that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The but then. Yeah, You said something at one point of like, I'm not sure how I feel. It was in your podcast, like leadership and mentorship. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I don't feel, I can't remember exactly, but you, it was almost like you were saying like, Hey, I'm okay that I don't feel like a leader or a mentor right now. And mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, but it's almost our culture, even our parenting. Oh, like if we, you're not top dog, you ain't shit. Yeah. Some Ricky Bobby. <laughs>
1: Ricky Bobby. Which is what, no, no, yeah. the yeah. joke naturally. <laughs> so um, in serving and in like being a valuable uh, supporting person. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid saying number two because it sounds like poo poo.
0: Mm, that's yeah, yeah, that's really that makes sense. One should probably not say number two. <laughs> no, it
1: was great. There was a couple of times I want to be it.
0: your number two. Was
1: like, wow, this guy wants pooped on some weird R. Kelly to the next level.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring it back though. That is good, <laughs> okay,
1: to be a servant or yeah, a, yeah. but yeah, uh. Finding meaning,
0: right? That yeah. is about That like, is, a what meaningful is the meaning thing. of life.
1: Right. Mm, I'll take eight minutes to say I'm not really sure. Yeah. Does you?
0: I find this meaningful, but though. I find it meaningful.
1: Yeah. To support. Yeah.
0: And to be vulnerable
1: and to draw something good out of another person. Damn. Uh, come
0: on, Harry. I guess that is meaningful.
1: But that's like also a great quality of a leader. Yeah. To draw something good out of other people around Man. you. Man, right, yeah. like a leader isn't somebody who is looking at how many followers they have, it's right. somebody who's drawing good things out of the people who are following them. Ah oh, man, you're like messing with my head in a good way, yeah, that's okay and 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 the pressure of the pressure of the leader to get it right the first time around, mm. Like, hey, you're leading this organization, so you better not fuck it up. You're like, well, I did, and I already apologized for it. <laughs> like, okay, I guess you accepted responsibility. That makes you a leader. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So it's somewhere yeah. there, but yeah, um, I you're right though. I I did I talked about uh, I'm just not ready right now. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot of people who, uh what I was talking about in particular in particular was food for thought and. You know, thousands of people have contributed money and time and energy and love to this organization and I'm thirty two years dumb <laughs> leading it. You know, I'm not yeah. ready. Yeah. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. I you know being I wanna, okay with that. Yeah, I want to lend whatever energy and and love and time that I have to share to it to make it continue to help other people. Um you know, maybe I don't know, maybe ten years I'll be ready. Maybe twenty. Yeah. Maybe I'll be dead. Maybe, maybe maybe you'll be given a goji for another friend by the time I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yay. Oh man.
0: Oh, that's morbid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I love good death talk. Actually yeah. my favorite question to ever ask somebody is uh yeah. whose death has affected you the most? Whose death?
1: Harry. Whose death has if Oh
0: wait. Most and why. I think I we already... That. Yeah, we did that one. We did that one. It's my favorite. Huh. Anyways. It's a good one. It is, so I don't mind morbid jokes about death. Okay. <laughs> I welcome them.
1: <laughs> this is a sick man we're dealing with. <laughs> That's right. It's a very sick man. <laughs> is there anything you want to share with the folks who are tuning in? And are and, and, tuning like it's an old... Radio. (laughs) Thanks for
0: tuning in on your evening commute. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just the gratefulness piece. Like, it blows my mind that anyone listens. The attention and time is such a gift. And it doesn't feel like that when I'm listening necessarily to another podcast. But as someone who now has this little podcast, it just is... An overwhelming sense of gratefulness. Like. Well. The heck. Thank you.
1: I feel like I can ask for this. Yeah. Better than you. But. If you're hearing this. You've made it this far. You should write a review. (laughs) I have never asked that. Yeah. Like subscribe and write a review. If you're not subscribed. Just subscribe. It's like a personal favor. (laughs) That I'm asking (laughs) of you on behalf of Harry. And if. Any of the content in any of these episodes has meant something significant to you. I would love to have my friend encouraged by your words, um, because I know it's meant something to
0: me. Damn, and I wrote something kind of cheesy, and and I didn't even quick. see it. Is it on iTunes? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. never check my iTunes. I should go check that.
1: That's don't admit that on your own. <laughs> God.
0: You are I've never asked, are asked for a review. This. I've never asked for a review, so it's like why would I check it?
1: I've never checked my iTunes. Oh, you mean the medium through which we hear your
0: programming? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll check. That. I check the simple cast. What is I never even heard of that? That's no like the distribu- that. that's where I upload it to and okay. then it distributes it out. So you'll have to teach me about that. Yeah. No. It's okay. amazing. That but sounds I'll, great. I'll add the hyperlink to my iTunes reviews. Great. And
1: whatever capacity you have to tell <laughs> Harry and Tim, I suppose, how grateful you are for both of their energy putting this stuff out there. I would encourage you to do that. Thanks, man. Harry. Yeah. You've told us that you don't know what the meaning of life is. Uh Uh-huh. What? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question. It's not what do you find meaningful. And I suppose if you're getting up, not now, but back, you know, several months ago, waking up and and feeling sort of aimless. What are some of the things that motivate you now to move forward and create and share? Where's that coming from? Because you have lazy motherfuckers don't you know make a podcast and they don't do these
0: things i feel like you have a little rapper inside of you the way you just said lazy motherfuckers (laughs) lazy motherfuckers don't do that (laughs) (laughs) sorry that requires
1: a little more inebriant (laughs) and it is not not happening not made for this audience okay uh already so what was i'm sorry what What are some of the things that make you now, you know, you if you've had some kind of shift that create movement where you were between depression mm-hmm. and not wanting to wake up somewhere in there. Yeah, why'd uh, you get up? Why'd you get up and do this today? Why'd you get up and kick ass and facilitate
0: a conversation and connect with people? Why? Why would I do that it today, there? man? It feels right. Yeah, on the today front, like it just feels right. Like it, like I need to do that this is something I need to do. Um, And I want to do it. And that combination of need and want is helpful. Uh, When I get into, I need to do it because that's what it takes to pay bills. Oh Lordy. I go down the, down the road fast. Um, Making a ton of money on this
1: podcast. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just
0: raking it in. (laughs) I I don't even know how to do that. One of the things that helps consistent time with kate and then just conversations with tim like those two things are huge training my the the one shift is definitely the leadership conversation around power and recognizing like oh yeah i got something here that's been helpful and then uh, for christmas i ordered kate and i and tim the uh it's cheesy, cheesy name, but it's good. Uh the 5-minute journal by Intelligent Change who they it's so I like them a lot. Um but the first thing is just like one of those like before I get out of bed, what are three things I'm grateful for? What would make today great? Yeah. And a couple of daily affirmations. And then at night it's like what were the three greatest things about today and then how would you make tomorrow better? Have
1: you been doing that every day?
0: uh more. I'm I'm a I struggle for consistency in a lot of a lot of things, but I've been fairly faithful to it. Um more so than other things that I've been like I'm going to do this. Um and that's helped a lot. It's uh, it's amazing how that trains the muscle. Uh one thing that I know, keystone habit, if I do it, my self uh worth or just sense of being upgrades it it goes up a few levels is if i exercise (laughs) Mm, yeah and i've been i still am in like i don't want to do that um but i know like it is a keystone habit that changes everything like i don't have to think about eating healthy when i'm exercising because when i don't eat healthy and try to do these exercises i feel horrible um and so it's like, I'm going to stop that. And then it just, so much energy comes from it. So that's kind of like, mm. I'm almost like, hey, I'm starting to feel more motivated now. I need to capitalize on that motivation and double down on some movement. So I know that'll help. And just thinking about it almost helps. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to do that soon. not an exercise
1: anymore. I just think of it. <laughs> It's and amazing. Almost the same result. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> so I don't know if that really answers well, but those are the things that come to mind. Well, yeah, saying. yeah, they're
1: examples, right? They're examples of uh, things that motivate you. But why do you think that relationships? You know, you talk about Kate. Uh, you know, and relating and connecting with your with your wife, and why do you think that? doing things or creating things like why do those certain qualities or certain you know those verbs those action words why do those give you a a jump in your step
0: the thing that makes the most sense to me right now is through the lens of like scientific materialism because that's how we got here because human beings connecting with each other and creating things. And and so it's in line with that. But that feels a little too reductionist. That it's just that. But I don't know how to give it more. Uh, but I get caught up in the wonder of just thinking about that.
1: How would you describe... So... Well, this is kind of leading. I don't want to lead you to the question, the answer that I want to get. Um, did you have you ever heard of or read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, everyone's done that. No, I have not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zen and the and the Art of motorcycle Motorcycle Maintenance. Okay. Let me make sure I'm getting okay. Okay. Looking it up. I am. I am so sorry.
0: No, you're fine.
1: Anyways, Persig, I can't remember if it's Edward or whatever his first name is. So it's this long kind of diatribe in the book where he talks about uh, quality. I believe it's referred to as the metaphysics of quality.
0: The metaphysics of quality. And you ask somebody. It's hey, just a dang good phrase that I have to write down. Listen, Harry. Okay, keep going.
1: How do you know when something is quality?
0: How do I know when something is quality? Yeah. Do you know when something is quality? Mm. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. This is an instinctual
0: recognition it of feels quality.
1: Something feels right. You give me a shit hamburger... Mm-hmm. Assembled at a Burger King, and then I go to a farmhouse. Know, farmhouse, straight up. Like I was Tyler's gonna, working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The kitchen. I was not going to say Element One Twelve, but. Okay, hands down, farmhouse <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he's, I he mean, blows Chef Nixon out of the water for the new local yokels. He would be uh, <clears throat> so sad. He just unsubscribed. Yeah, he's never subscribed. So, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So we know what quality is. Yeah, and in Persig's uh, his long discussion about it, <clears throat> he equates quality to be some, you know, to to it's a it's the same. It's interchangeable with good. Mm. And the good, uh, we have a general sense and a general understanding of what is the good for you and I, what's the good for you and what's the good for me what's the good for society. Yeah. And we know when good things happen. We know when good, when there are good results. Mm. And, and at least in like old English and German, gut and gut are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the same word. Right. And so, what what gives meaning? You're describing things that are good. Good. Good good things. Good things, things give meaning. Meaning. Man. So, why in the world do we differentiate
0: from something good happening to God happening? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's baggage, right? Like, part of it is baggage. Oh, yeah. I think that's all I can say about it at this point. Well, uh, this is good. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) Yeah. This will get better. Surely. Did we want to talk about homeschooling or we want to skip it? Oh, boy. Uh, You know. I'm down for whatever. But if you're, you know me, I'm good for whatever.
1: I'm excited to have had you come to this conclusion. Uh you know, and talking about uncertainty and um this being in this space, you know, a totally honest and transparent space. Uh and yeah, I did say we did want to talk about homeschooling. So let me backtrack that. Because I hope I homeschool I yeah, I don't do jack shit. <laughs> Chrissy does it I all. think
0: I think I homeschool similarly. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay.
1: <laughs> she does ninety-nine point Eight percent of the homeschooling work and the point two that I do are incidental.
0: Yeah. Like, hey, um, I showed them how to make a popsicle stick bomb. That's uh physics, stick. right?
1: <laughs> I made him carry firewood up to the front porch. That P- teaches something. Forestry. Yes. <laughs> um but it's interesting to me to have someone who spent their did you homeschool K through twelve? All the way through. Great. Yep. So for you to be arriving at this point of, you know, deconstruction and then uh, then holding on to some of the things from your upbringing and kind of coming to the point of, I know I find meaning when I'm connecting, but, you know, if you want me to give you this certain answer of what the meaning of life is, you're barking up the wrong tree, kind of. Right, right. That's very comforting to me because a lot of the experiences that I've had with homeschool students <laughs> is that they, they will know. tell me exactly what the fuck is wrong with me yeah, Yeah. and what's wrong with you. Right. And they know because they've known 18 people in their whole life <laughs> and they're sure of it. <laughs> yeah. That 18 people out of the 7 billion people on this planet,
0: they nailed it. Right. They Got just, it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that part of that, we were lucky in the sense that, um, I think because my parents checked out like seven different religious denominations or Christian denominations, um, that that threw in a whole lot of like it was broader than even in some like I feel like kids who go to a public school, Mm. um, to be immersed in a new way of thinking and a religious thing, and then in the Northwest Ohio area, there is actually a whole lot of homeschool groups yeah but then yep. and so there's also always that like there is something i feel like that does need push back on a little bit and you're like homeschool kids knew 18 people like most of the homeschool kids i grew up with actually knew a lot of people and were in some ways more they were doing more things than i saw other more different things with different groups of people because they had to scrape it to like, it was like a, Ah, here we go. This, 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 the, the reason that I've heard people homeschool more than any other reason listed by far is God told me to, right? So you're immersed in a fundamentalist. Chances are, if that's the reason given you've grown up, knowing what's right whether you knew 200 people or 10 and then if your parents um are like no we're gonna stay in this one community and we're gonna live in the same place and they do isolate a little bit while still having these kind of mixed groups like it is weird like there's still this sense of like homeschoolers don't the the social piece right they're not very socially mixing Yeah, you're telling me that I'm 12 and you're an adult and I'm sitting here talking to you. So all the other kids are running around. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me who's socially. Yeah, it's just an interesting. Right. Yeah.
1: I've heard from my employer at a previous place of work that the greatest differentiator between children who end up becoming middle or upper class and children who end up becoming lower class as far as income goes are their capacity and ability to relate to a diverse group of adults in their child-rearing years. Yeah. So that's really fascinating to me because, you know, anecdotally I've, I've, I've observed that and looked at friends of mine you know, growing up, I'm like, wow, that kid did not know how to talk to anyone else. We had fun, but he's kind of a dumbass. He's kind of weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. It didn't, it didn't end up stringing it together. Right. Well, um, there's definitely, like, classes within the, the homeschool world where, like, there's homeschoolers who right. know... Where other homeschoolers rate on the how homeschooler are you? <laughs> nice <Okay. laughs> level, right? So maybe you know a few of the really good ones high up on the homeschool rating list. <laughs> are you, in general, are you grateful for the fact that you were homeschooled? Yeah, um, definitely. And it comes with a bag of insecurities as well, but. Totally grateful if for any other reason, and this doesn't make sense when you're talking about schooling, right? But because it allowed for such a huge space for relationship with brothers to to grow, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of those other weird moments of going like homeschoolers are socially kind of restricted or weird. I always want to be like, so how often do you fight with your siblings? I've never fought with my siblings ever. (laughs) Like physically. You are so weird. (laughs) And that is weird, right? (laughs) But just because it's weird doesn't mean it's actually less like, that's a, I've never felt weird. Physically threatened by my brothers and they've never felt physically threatened by me except for once each I tried it mom put a kibosh on it and it was like never so we never had to deal with that and it's allowed for amazing relationships to grow up so in that sense I go like I'm so grateful that I was homeschooled by a mom who had a zero like she had a negative tolerance for physical violence right of any sort play you will not do this. And she's got a whole amazing, interesting story where that kind of intensity came from. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for at one point being like, I want to go start doing this thing like that wasn't related to school. And because of the flexibility of the school day and me knowing at that point, here's what I need to do. Like, Oh yeah, I can go get a job because I can fit schooling in. Yeah. What
1: what was that thing?
0: That was uh primarily at that time just making money, uh, hike concrete, doing their mud jacking of sidewalks. And got to meet some really interesting people. Nice. I got my uh dirty sexual man education through that construction worker <laughs> space. <laughs> Find it somewhere. Yeah. It wasn't from my classmates, it was from fifty year old <laughs> men. So to, yeah, you were the it oldest It was a, refri- a refined. <laughs> so you're the oldest brother. Yeah. You found it from a 50 year old
1: man naturally, and then your siblings found it from you probably. Yeah.
0: And then Steve took all of that and distorted the shit out of it. And he was a bad influence then on the rest of us. <laughs> Shout out, Steve. <laughs> well, I love Steve so much. Hold me down. Oh, man. You can really get crazy with him. Uh, <laughs> so what it did. Like, homeschooling more than anything for me, I think, created space for me to have some really, really good relationships. Never trade that, like, on the, if you could go back, would you still be homeschooled? And it'd be like, yes, because of those relationships. From the, how educated do I feel? Oh, man, there's, like, insecurity there of like a nah I love to learn it did teach me a love of like learning and the interesting piece at some point like I envision if if we homeschool long term both Kate and I will have handed all of our thoughts on a certain subject that we can recall off to our children and they will like will be at the end of our rope the the strategy that usually gets employed then is like, okay, well, here's the teacher's manual. You, I've taught you how to read, so hop on that. And then now, I can't imagine homeschooling, too, in the age of the Internet, where Internet use is easy. Like, that would have been interesting. Right. Um,
1: Yeah, that's a fascinating idea. Like, what's the purpose of, my, I mean, schools... Really, their only function now is for socialization.
0: Socialization and, like, I would say rooted in, and I don't know because I've been to a school once, <laughs> right? I shadowed Kate, and it was Montclova Baptist School, so not even a school school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Look out for the bullies. That's right, the main kids. But But how were our current school systems developed and what are they rooted in? They're rooted in an industrial age need, which is we need people to be able to read instructions and execute and recall information, Um, right? Which is, in a certain time period, a really helpful tool to have. Mm -hmm. But now if you have a tool that recalls all the information already, like, why do I need to learn the fuck... Every freaking parent and teacher, I don't care who you are, why do I need to learn algebra? If you give the damn answer of, like, because it'll help your brain work through puzzles, like, no. Like, please have a compelling answer to why I should learn anything as a kid. Like, compelling. Like, wake me up a little bit. Yeah, That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in, in some ways I got to experience that. In certain subjects, and in some subjects, it was like, "Well, because this is what we have to do." Guess which subjects I really (laughs) freaking hated—the ones that were like, "We just have to because it's part of the it's part of the Iowa state testing that you do at the end of the year, and we need to make sure you get that." I don't care about that. Yeah. Like, why would I care about that? And so, what I think is interesting—the most interesting homeschool option right now—is like intentional. I'm going to teach you how to read, write and do math and then you're going to be equipped. And my job from here on out is how do I help you love to learn? Yeah, um
1: oh wait, this uh
0: the discrepancy
1: I know a lot of people who have no idea how to learn. And the the capacity for like critical thought is so important right now Ugh. when we oh my god oh, oh man renee d something last name starts with d
0: did um think, did, love, he, just, did, he just he just rested his glasses on the microphone <laughs> and that's <was> great <laughs> renee Yeah, so she
1: puts forward, she's a researcher and works for a bunch of different news agencies and, like, the CIA. Yeah. Um, So she's compiling all this data from all the information that, like, the Russian bots started compiling dating back to 2014 and finding that not only, you know, this whole notion that, like, the Trump collusion thing Whatever, form the opinions you already hold um, and enjoy.
0: I love this story. <laughs> Keep going. But
1: the you know, there are foreign organ- agencies influencing and creating yeah. fake profiles and groups <clears throat> and actually assembling meetings in the United States yeah. for various groups including, you know, the Texas Secession Group meeting right across the street from the, like, the Muslim Pride group. And they're disproportionately targeting African-American groups yes. and also targeting Blue Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter and LGBT And building followings around those things. Yes. So yeah. they're creating this sense of, like... Ride among different tribal affiliations. Tribalism. But I remember looking at this stuff, you know, a couple of years ago and just thinking, like, man, this shit is getting really wacky. I really want to believe in Pizzagate <laughs> because it's a funny story. Yeah. Right. It sounds funny, but, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe then. The plot of it is actually horrible and morbid, but like, I'm in a pizza shop in DC. That sounds, anyways. I, we won't yeah. talk about the. <clears throat> you can edit this out later. No, oh, dude. Um, but. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna. It's like it just came out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you you know, you you get connected to the critical groups. F- yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you don't learn how to look at that information in a way that doesn't affirm or reaffirm your own stereotypes or your own beliefs, then you're just going to be another dumbass that is duped by bots or like as clickbait. You know, these social media companies make money the longer you stay on their platform and the more clicks you give to their
0: news affiliates they build content around that
1: yeah yeah so what are the things that make you come alive what are the things that make you find meaning creating well you know creating content on on social media is very different than consuming it it's entirely different what are the things that make you come alive connecting with other people Clicking on a freaking article is not going to bring you any closer to your stupid friend who yeah. hates Hillary or hates Trump. Right. It's not going to bring you any closer. Not at all. Uh,
0: there's the first, there's the first, uh, the cheap, the cheap response, which is to.
1: Yeah, you're in my tribe, bro. Sweet.
0: Confirmation bias or confirm like not confirmation bias. And then there's the second, which is curiosity. Like
1: you've given me so much hope for homeschooling my children. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> I'm so skeptical of it. And now I'm thinking Dude, of it very I, differently.
0: We're doing it and I'm skeptical of it. Like yeah, even okay. though I look at like the school, not that there's great people doing great work in schools and kids are being impacted in positive yes. ways. Like Yeah. What a tough environment to work Oh, geez. and to be a student. Yeah. For that matter. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to learn shit you don't necessarily like. Even Haven, even in as we're trying to create a context where it's like, okay, let's get you some of this info. She, some days she just is like, no, no, <laughs> don't want to do it. <laughs> like, it's hard to be subjected to other people's thing. And so, so like, part of it's necessary to help her gain that skill, but more important than that is like, I want to give you the skills so you can freaking be curious about this and then figure out how to do that thing if you want to, and then let that build on each other or fail and learn from that. But like just fall in love with the learning process. Yeah. But I'm skeptical of it too, because we're in a culture that like, if you're not the same, there's like a, and you can take this too far to one side too. like, there's a pressure of like, but this is what everyone is doing. Yes. And because of my own insecurities about my actual like testing level, not going to college, which thankfully I had parents who were okay with like, oh, you're not sensing you're supposed to do that. Okay. Mm. Where I feel like some, sometimes parents go like my kids going to college is my badge that I did. Good job parenting. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> it's not at all. My kid's getting sixty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. So that I can feel good about myself. <laughs>
0: right. right. Well and then there's a whole nother side of the conversation, yeah. right? <laughs> but um yeah, I'm skeptical of it. But at the same time, whenever I hear my friend Seth Makula talk about it, it always reminds me of the freaking insane potential to to do to green light a kid to really pursue things that only they can they're like uniquely equipped to pursue my job is just just to almost get out of the way (laughs) and be like go man yeah i'll take you to the hospital if you need to after (laughs) (laughs) you got this i don't know i like it
1: I'm ready. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> that's amazing. I'll participate a
0: little more too. Yeah, and I need to too. Christy, like... I hope you don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to too. Like my my contribution to homeschooling is weak at best right now and often uh is requires a hey, did you do that thing? Oh shoot. Yeah, Oops. Yeah. Uh Ugh. I'll go that it's going on the calendar. I'll get that done
1: so that's for your children that is with your wife uh we can take the same principle apply it to other relationships you know we we deal with our kids and then we go okay our job is to make sure that we uh we leave them better than we found them like every couple of days dude i love that right like yeah oh, okay this kids kind of a jackass let's try to improve this thing um but then we don't, you know, I, I we don't do it with a, with our
0: neighbors. We don't do it with other people. But blowing it out to yeah, those wider circles, yeah.
1: And you know, you do what time allows and what your resources and energy allow, because you are a limited human mm-hmm. being. So, uh, you know, I think I think that's kind of what you're doing with this podcast. This is your. This will get better. Yep. So thank you.
0: Heck yeah, man. Thank you.
1: For playing your small part and Damn. you know, your insecure part and like and in seeing your community grow. You know, even if it's just people who are listening. Um, you know, I think I speak on behalf of the people who listen. Thank you. Damn. Just keep it going, man. Keep improving. Keep listening. That's a really special quality. Keep being Kent. Kent. And remain uh, consciously and content to be uncertain about about things.
0: Dude. All right. What the hell? Thank you.
1: All right. So um, I'm really happy this is not a video podcast. Me too. Harry and I are going to now put on our clothes. <laughs> we did this whole thing in the nude. <laughs> Any last words, my friend?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, uh, thank you so much for asking to interview me, man.
1: Appreciate it. Sincerely, 100%
0: my pleasure. Dude, thanks. Thanks, everybody. And uh, yeah, see you next time.